0: Following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota.
1: For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org.
0: We do want to just give a few minutes um, for. Um, why don't you come on up, team? That's just back from Ukraine. Because we do want to bring our greetings uh, from the church there, but also just give you a chance to hear a little bit of what the Lord's doing um, and what that time was like. And so I'm going to let them go ahead and share, and then I'll kind of share within my word that I'm going to give today.
2: Oh, no, I said I get to be last. No, it's okay. Would you like to be first?
1: Yeah, we really were a team over there, believe it or not. (laughs) We spent a lot of time together. Yeah, we did. Well, um, yes, we heard sirens um, every day. Yes, there was an explosion that happened while we were there, and a man and his son or grandson were killed. Um, Were we afraid? No. And uh, God sent us, and by the prayers of you and all of our friends... Uh, We were never afraid, not once, right? Never afraid, not once. (laughs) We got the story straight now, right? Okay, all right. Okay, all right, fair enough. So um, I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share with you all as you sent us to go. And I was just praying this morning, and then as I'm in worship, he just was debriefing me. And the way he debriefed me was he just had a camera roll of all these people's faces, all these people's faces, you know, Luba and Sasha and Artum and Dennis and Lynn and Natasha and, you know, I could go on and on and on, all these faces of all these people that uh, we know and love and were able to meet new people. Um, And what he did, you know, through us, Is what he wants uh, me to share. So, these different lives, you know, some we were able to teach, some we were able to exhort, some we were able to encourage, some we were able to commission, some we were able to pray for, some we were able to cry with, uh, some we just hugged, some we just held hands and looked into each other's eyes. I wanted them, the Lord wanted them to know they were valuable and they were seen. And um, so it was very personal for the lord of why he sent us extremely personal um and so i just wanted to um really convey that to you all um there's lots of stories i'm just going to say one trying to keep under my 5 minutes i don't know what we started with but um the
2: clock on the wall there we got lots of time
1: okay excellent wow um so uh We've been going for 21 years and know these people and and, and the church and all that. But when we went this time, there's something different. God has done just amazing things through war. Uh, He's made something beautiful out of his church during war because there is lots of ugliness there, lots of darkness, lots of hatred, lots of corruption, lots of death. When we were there, one of our orphans was killed. They had the funeral the day we left. Um, So that's all real. But um, in the church and around the people that we met and the people on the street, um, God is doing, is raising up his church. And the love that we all felt between the body of Christ there and what they lavished on us uh, is, is different. It's increased since we were there last time. Um, You can feel it. You can see it. And um, just one story, so Max wanted us to meet with his staff that that run the center and the church, and there's about 25, 30 people in that room, and you know, so we were just chatting, and um, and then we went around the room and introduced ourselves and heard their stories, and you know, some are saved, some are the believers, and some aren't. Uh, There's, Max has hired several refugees to do different things in the center, and um, as we were talking, as they were sharing their stories, um, you know, at the end of the meeting, uh, they're all just kind of sitting there in a glow, and they're all going, We don't want to leave. We just love this atmosphere. And that was believers and non believers. And there was one girl there, her name is Deanna, and her story is that um, her and her mom came from Herson, which, if you've been reading the news at all from the very beginning of the war till even now, Herson is uh, a, a a big target. I mean, it's, it's, it's been occupied, it's been retaken, it's been occupied, retaken, bombed out, people have left. Anyway, they left pretty much at the beginning of the war and came to Crevoy and came to True Hope Center. And uh, Max helped them and, um, and, and hired them. The mom is a cook and, and Deanna actually, she works with all of the people that are standing outside every day to come to True Hope Center to get help. There are people there, whether they need medical help or housing or uh, uh, counseling, we have a psychologist on site, or they need uh, just humanitarian aid, whatever it is. Deanna's the one who was a refugee, at the you know, uh, several months ago. She's the one that stands there and, you know, talks to these people and takes their information and helps them. And um, I watched her as she was doing that and she just, and she's not a believer, but she's very open to the spirit. She said that in the meeting. She said, I'm not a believer, but I really like it here. <laughs> it just feels so great. So we know she's going to get saved, but she—she she, God used her in, in just ministering to these people that are coming with, with great needs and, and hard stories and she's able to, Um, To minister to those people, so um, thank you for uh, for praying for us. Oh, I guess Wayne wants to go last. That's that's
2: okay. First of all, I need to clarify something. Four weeks ago, I stood right there, and after everybody said they weren't afraid to go, I said, "Well, I'm afraid, and uh, I'm afraid to fly." That's the truth. I don't like flying. I did not feel. Enormous amounts of fear while we were there, and I wasn't afraid to be in Ukraine. Just want you to know that the grace of God was on the whole trip for all of us. Um, we were covered. Um, that grace has not extended into air travel for me yet. Um, but it's. But I will tell you this: um, when we landed, we 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 flew to Warsaw. Eventually, we got to Warsaw, and then you take a van ride from there because the airports in Ukraine are blown up. You know, the ones that we would fly into, they don't. They're not. For commercial use any longer, so you can't fly into Kiev and places like that. So when we landed in Warsaw, we the only way to get there, the only safe way to get there was to take a van, a маршрутка, and it's a twenty-three hour uh, ride. So it's a like sixteen hours or so travel time from your house to get to Poland, and then uh, or more if you if your luggage doesn't arrive, and then and then the twenty-three hour van ride both ways. We all experienced that. But we took that through there, and I have to tell you, the van ride was scarier to me than the plane. So God's definitely working on something, you know. After our nineteen or twenty of our driver driving straight, it's about eleven hundred miles. Uh, he was falling asleep, and I had a translator in my hand, and I was able to Google Translate. He spoke Russian, so I was able to Google Translate. Do you need to take a break? Okay. And he said, "Da." and we pulled and we pulled into a, a restaurant that was closed and we, we slept there for an hour and 15 minutes but those were that was that was the hair raising stuff was getting there and coming home being there there was a piece that I can't I just can't tell you the these people they hear the sirens but it's a little bit like past the salt to them and it's and it's and I, and I don't mean to make light of it but I mean they're just doing what they can to live they they are doing everything they can to have normal lives as they are serving. I also want to share with you that every dollar—I am convinced—every dollar that anybody in this country or Canada has sent to True Hope is going where it needs to go. I could not believe it. I have never—if uh, people have walked up to several of us in this building and said, "You work so hard. You do so much. We don't do anything compared to these people. They—we are in their dust." They are always serving, always ministering, always stretching a dollar and and reusing stuff. And um, it's just amazing. And they're building and what they're creating there in their neighborhoods is excellence. So it's like nothing I've ever seen before. They are lifting up Ukraine by every single thing that they do, whether it be physically or spiritually. It's been amazing. And one other thing I wanna share is one week ago, uh, so give me grace, Lord, one week ago, And seven hours back in time, we were standing at the front of the church of uh, Church of Truth. And they were having their first service in their new building, which is partly why we were there. It was their 10th anniversary. And I stood up there, and I was so in love with all the people, all the faces I was looking at. And I thought, when am I going to feel this again? This is just so intense. And then I came to church today. And I look at these faces, and I'm so in love with all of you. And it's not... Whether I know or like all the things that you do or think, it's this. And, and, and you, me, it's like it's this heart connection that I can't, I just can't explain but that I know it's God. This connection between our church, and sometimes we flippantly say, well, we have a sister church over here or in this place or that place or whatever. Folks, there is a real connection, a real connection between you and them that you might not even know about it, but I just want you to know they're doing God's work and they're doing it for um, people in Ukraine. They're doing it for Russian refugees. They just take on all comers. This isn't about politics, it's about love. And that was the the greatest thing for me. It was like, uh, Max puts it out on the line as it relates to um, how he uh, loves whoever that that first person in front of you is, that next person in front of you as.
3: <laughs> no it Oh it's moved a little bit. Ten years ago when we went Max invited us to walk into a building that I was pretty nervous to go into. There was no roof. The walls were crumbling. The thing just was unbelievable that he had a vision that he could see a church there. I couldn't see it. I just went, "What? tear it down, let's build something that's nice and everything like that. That's our mentality. But the Ukrainians just kind of worked in a different thing. We got there a couple weeks early. Building wasn't ready yet. They were still doing tons of things within the church building. Watching as they were installing cords and acoustic panels on the sides of the building and different things that they were doing. And these guys worked day and night. Some of the people, six of the workers actually stayed at the True Hope Center so that they could, because they were from a distance away and just did different things. And we watched it just come together. And it was kind of like watching a. Plant grow where you could actually see every day that it was, there was progress. You could see that it was happening. And I just trusted the Lord and Max that it was going to be ready when we needed to get in there, and it was. It was awesome. It was fun to be able to uh, see the joy in the people knowing that they had a church now. You know, I mean, some of them have been active in it for quite a while, but some of these people knew that they had a church again, you know? And that was really exciting for me. But I think the thing that made the biggest impression on me was at the end of the actual church celebration that we had. And it was an awesome celebration, I will tell you, that if you get any chance to look online, look online and see some of it. We've got a number of pictures. Brian's got some stuff to see out front out there. But... When it finished up, people are scrambling all over trying to do things. And I had a refugee man come up to me. He said, would you pray for me? He said, "Uh, we just came from one of the cities that's continually being attacked. He said, "Uh, I lost my daughter and her little child and my wife's just a terrible mess. And he said, can you pray? I said, yes, that's what we're here for. That's why we came, so that we could, you know, stand with you and encourage you and tell you that people are concerned and care about you like the Lord is. And I prayed for him, and I can't tell you that I just saw this miraculous lifting of what was going on or anything because, you know, it's a horrible situation that he's in. But he thanked me and he gave me a hug. You know, and that's just, that's for all of us to understand. We were in a war zone, but it didn't feel like it. When we got there, we didn't even hear nothing. The people said... There's not even any sirens going off or nothing when we got there. Now, when J. Brian and Renee got there, then stuff started happening. Now, I don't know (laughs) if it was their fault or the enemy got a little more concerned because they were coming, okay? It could have been one of them, okay? But then it was great. And thank you. You know, everyone that's been there knows so well. And so many of our friends are doing so well, even though so many people have left in the country. I mean, what did we hear? Up to sixty percent of Kryvyi Rih has evacuated. Six hundred thousand was there two years ago. Three hundred forty thousand now. Yeah, yeah. It's a half-empty city. Yeah, and you could tell the difference. But you know, things are still going on. Mm-hmm. That's it.
2: So, just a quick reminder: there is a table back there. If you have questions for us, we'll be standing there after the service. And we've got some pictures there, and Ukrainian candy.
0: Yes, that was a gift from them to you all. They sent us home with pounds and pounds of candy. I don't know what they thought you all eat, but they just sent us home with a ton of candy. We are so grateful as a team to have been sent under the covering and support and protection of Living Waters through your prayers. Um, You know, it was something we each, financially, we, we... covered ourselves but we felt the richness of your prayers and your support and people checking in with us and and letting us know that you were praying for us and we were able to pass that on to them so thank you so much thank you team you're a great team um today i was going to talk a little bit about the unity that happens worldwide through worship, I feel like it's been demonstrated somewhat already, um, just through what we talked about, and so I don't feel like I need to uh, go into a lot of that, Um, but I'll I'll just touch on it. What I want to do before I go any further, though, is I want to just take a pause on the word that the Lord brought last week. How many of you were here last Sunday? Dan, you're not raising your hand. Thank you. Um, uh, Dan Peters brought a word last week uh, that I just feel like is something that we don't just move on past that it really echoed the heart of the Lord and the invitation of the Lord, not to just us, this church in this place, but to his church, his capital C Big Church. And I want us to not just move past it because I felt the heart of the Lord in this invitation to truly surrender to him. And I feel like he keeps bringing us back to that over and over again, that there are things, even when we went to Ukraine, I'm like, what can we do? What can we accomplish? What are we, you know, what are we going to sow into? What can we? And I felt like the Lord over and over again brought it back to either asking me to surrender to him or demonstrating to me through the lives of these people the way that they are walking out surrender in their lives. There are several families there that could leave the country. Um, there's several families that can't. They have a, a basically a draft in place right now. so men of a certain age are not allowed to leave. and um, and so, but there's some men and some families that could leave, and because of their obedience to the Lord, they're staying. There are some families that, because of their obedience to the Lord, they left. But both of those things are an act of worship, that there is this place that God is calling his body to, that we move and live and breathe and have our being based on what he is calling us to. And on our, our act of worship is for us to do in obedience, to give our whole lives to him, including the outcome. I had to give the outcome of our trip to him. Because I want to know that we made an impact and something happened and, oh my goodness, we were in a van for 23 hours. Can we please have something to show for it? And what we had was this this opportunity, really, to worship and to love Jesus together, that there was a tremendous amount. We did some different speaking as well. Brian and I had an opportunity to do a couples night with couples, but a lot of it was as Mary said, just kind of being face-to-face with people and, and hearing the testimony of what the Lord's doing. And um, so what I want to encourage us in, I feel like there's this place in the New Testament where Paul is always exhorting another body out of what's happening in another body in another area. You see that in his letters that he says, I want to commend these people to you because of, or he says to these, I, I uh, thank God at every mention of you because of the way that you have served the saints or whatever it is. And I want to commend uh, this body in Ukraine to you as ones who are worshiping in the midst of war with their lives, who have laid down all of the things, all of the dreams that they had had, all the things that, that they wanted to see accomplished in their lives and, and the prosperity that they wanted. And they're laying that down as an act of worship to the Lord. And they're stepping into glorifying Jesus and being a light in the midst of darkness. That as, as individuals and as a church, that they are worshiping him with their lives And so I want to encourage us that there is an invitation going forth. If you haven't heard Dan's word or if you maybe need to listen to it again, I would encourage you to listen to it again. Because there is an invitation of the Spirit there to lay down our lives for the sake of glorifying Jesus, for the sake of seeing what he wants to see come to pass on the earth. And I think that there's this place where we see all of the world events happening and we think this is a hindrance to the movement of God. The only hindrance to the movement of God is a church who will not surrender all to him. There is no hindrance to the movement of God out there somewhere. And so there is an invitation that we have, and what we need to also recognize is that when he gives an invitation, he gives us the grace to respond to the invitation. It is grace that makes the invitation, and it is grace that allows us to walk that out. You are beginning to walk into the grace that's going to be required to lay it all down for him. And so if you're feeling like, I'm not feeling that place of surrender. I don't know how to do that. I'm having a hard time laying it down. That's okay. The grace for that is coming. There is a a movement of the Spirit that is hovering over us as He invites us to worship Him with our lives in a different way. And yes, I believe that it's going to, we're going to see it in our worship that we have our corporate worship that has to do with song and speaking out. But there's something that we're going to see in the worship of our day-to-day lives. In the ways that we uh, testify to who he is, and in the ways that we set our eyes on him, and in the ways that we obey him. That is what separated, in the Old Testament, that is what separated God's people from all other people. It was who they worshipped. And that's what separates us. We're not just separated because we're saved by grace. We're separated because we are submitted to the lordship of our savior. And so that's what we saw in these people that we worshipped with. And yes, we had opportunity. I would sum up the trip as a chance uh, where the Bible says, uh, mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. That was what our trip looked like. In, in one minute, we're hearing the story of what they've lost and, and what they've walked through, and we're praying into that with them, and they're, they're testifying to the goodness of God even in that. And, and so we're, we're mourning with them, and then we're having a birthday party. And it was like this rejoicing together and mourning together and rejoicing together and mourning together, all to the glory of God. It was a beautiful thing for us to witness but what i think is interesting is the most impact we had really was in worshiping together with them in the midst of it that that was the partnership that they were looking for that i could sit across from them and yes i can go i feel you and my heart hurts for you but what brought strength to them is when we worshiped side by side and we've set our eyes not on the problem. We could sit together and let's look at the problem together. But what brought strength to them is that we were there to worship him with them. We have a, a, one of the friends there is, um, we call him Big Max, as opposed to smaller Max, who's really big in the spirit. Um, but Big Max, he said, for you to come brings a lot of hope. To worship together reminds us of a better time. He said, a better time that has been, meaning when we've been with them before, and a better time that is going to be in the future. And then he said in another discussion, because his English is getting really good. Amazing. Anyway, he said, uh, because we were talking about, he has three children, and men with three children or more, which are pretty much only men who go to church in Ukraine, two children or more. Oh, yeah, you're right, he does. Okay, anyway, it's still a good story. Yeah, I wonder if it's prophetic. It's still a good story. Um, we were talking about different people who were choosing to stay even though they could go. And he said, um, because like his, his uh, wife and their kids had evacuated and they decided to come back. And Amanda, who's an American citizen, has no reason that she has to be there. But she decided, no, this is where I'm gonna be. And, and so there's several of them like that. And he said, we stay because God told us to stay. You came because God told you to come. We are worshiping God with our lives together, he said. And that was very interesting because then later that afternoon, I listened to Dan's word about worshiping God with our lives. And so I just want to encourage you that God is doing something in all of the world around this area of worship, he is doing something in all of in the entire body of Christ. Because ultimately, this is what it's about. And I'll close with this verse, uh, Acts chapter seventeen. This is uh, Paul. Very interesting. Paul is in Athens here earlier on in the chapter. it says, "Now Paul was waiting for them at Athens, and his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. How many of you can relate to that? And so he's watching that, and they're worshiping all these different idols, and in one place they they have a uh, an altar with an inscription that says, "To an unknown God." And here's what Paul says. Uh, for a while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an, uh, an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Why? That they would seek God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his children, being then the children of God. We ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or any image formed by the art or the thought of man." I feel like this declaration to me is the reality, like this is the end result, that all nations, tribes, and tongues would worship him. And when we talk about, there's a place where Paul is talking to the Philippians and he's talking about, make my joy complete by being of one mind and of one purpose. This is our one purpose that he would be exalted, that he would be glorified, that his name would be known around across the earth. And there are times where we want to focus on making happen what the result of his lordship would be. I think even when we talk about him making everything beautiful in its time, we sometimes go, no, I'm going to try to make it beautiful over here. But I feel like the invitation of this time is, Will you just let me be Lord and let all of that come out of my reign and rule? Will you let me be Lord in your life? Will you let me be Lord in your household? Will you let me be Lord in your churches? He's restoring his lordship in the church. So this is the invitation. I just want to say our report is that he is Lord... In Ukraine, (laughs) that he is being worshiped as Lord. You know, the True Hope Center and the church there, Church of Truth, that property has a designation. And it's, um, there's two different kind of English translations for it. The designation is Place of Invincibility and Unbreakable Place. And that's the, that's like the, the translation for it's a, it's a safe, Place. It's a place where people can find shelter. And I just want to say our place of invincibility and our unbreakable place is going to be in worship. And they have that designation because they've submitted themselves as a center, but I believe they have that de- designation because they are a place of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So let's close and let's thank the Lord for His Lordship all over the earth. And let's thank him. What mic am I talking on right now? Check. Check. Okay. Let's thank him for. Uh, let's thank him for the grace to respond to this call of surrender, and that we're not just going through it in this body. Every other body, the Holy Spirit is brooding over His church, and He is calling us to surrender to the to the the joy of complete surrender. So Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your invitation, God. We thank you for the reality that you will be uh, glorified in every nation, tribe, and tongue. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be among those that are here to worship you until the very end. We thank you for the privilege of being among those that are here to be those that invite others to worship you, that we declare the goodness of God, your works, your goodness, and the things that you've done. And God, we ask that you would, we continue to submit ourselves. We surrender to the process of the Holy Spirit. We surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit that even gives us the grace to respond to this invitation, to lay down our lives in worship. God, we don't don't want to just move past that invitation. So we ask that you would lead us, you would guide us in what that looks like as a church body here and in each household and each individual life. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.